Hey everybody, what's up and welcome in to Best on the Board here at The Athletic. Michael Beller and Brandon Funston kicking off this episode for you on Monday, November 15th. Of course, Funston, week 10 of the NFL season still underway. We've got Monday Night Football between the Rams and the 49ers coming our way. But we're going to look ahead to week 11 on this episode of Best on the Board presented as always by BetMGM. Before we get to that, Funston, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. All things considered in the uh, Pacific Northwest with the brand of football Mm -hmm. being played, I'm still, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm doing okay. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing all good as well. Unfortunately, we went 0-2 in this space, both of us, last week when we were looking ahead to Week 10 early line. So we certainly are looking for a bit of a bounce back uh, in this Week 11 episode. And uh, let's let's get right into it, Funston. Let's get right in. These lines, of course, coming to us from our partners at BetMGM. First game up. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna switch up our mojo. I usually defer to you. <laughs> I'm gonna go first. All right. I'm gonna go first. Switch it up after an 0 4 combined week. I will get us rolling here with the Panthers minus two and a half against the Washington football team. The two games I targeted, Funston, they are both sitting at minus two and a half. I'm going with the favorites. They're both minus two and a half on BetMGM, and I'm targeting that because I think these both ultimately cross the three. So I want to get in on them before they cross that magic number, and we are looking at having to lay more than a field goal to get the favorites. Put simply Panthers defense has been excellent all season long I think that Washington's really going to struggle with that and Cam Newton he can't be any worse than the quarterback situation that the Panthers have had all season whether it's been Sam Darnold PJ Walker for a little bit Cam Newton at the absolute least Funston absolute least the more the minimum is that he plays as well as Sam Darnold and I think realistically he's going to be a whole lot better than Sam Darnold has been for the Panthers this year so I think that we see an elevated Carolina offense you know they've been in and out of the lineup with Christian McCaffrey he's now back he comes back in that win against the Cardinals in week 10 and instantly is doing his thing both running the ball and catching the ball cam newton adds a completely different dimension once they get in near the goal line we just haven't seen that really from them this season that's going to change we already saw cam run one in in his first game against arizona we unleashed robbie anderson a little bit four catches for 37 yards and a touchdown dj moore gets a little bit better with uh with what cam can bring to the table for this team i just think everything lines up for Carolina to be a better team going forward. And now suddenly a five and five team Funston that is very live in the NFC playoff hunt. I like what Cam Newton does for this team. We love what this defense already has been doing. I think this ultimately is sitting at three and a half or four. So I want to get it now while it's still less than a field goal. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad call. Christian McCaffrey fully healthy is such a, you know, you feel good about an offense with Christian McCaffrey and it being able to move the ball. I mean, he just, Mm -hmm. He's so good at it. He's so multiple, versatile, and, and that allows it. And it, you, you mentioned the Carolina Panthers defense. Almost very few exceptions this year have they not been just great, you know. Yes. And I think the difference here is Carolina can defend the run. They can defend the pass. Tampa's had trouble defending the pass all year long. We know that they're a good run-stopping unit, but, you know, Washington, you know, teams that go up against Tampa, you can throw on them. And so they're not as complete a defense as the Panthers are as well. So I like that call. Thank you very much. I like your first call as well. Let's dive into it. Big game on the AFC side of the playoff bracket because Bengals and Raiders could easily, I mean, we could ultimately look back at this Funston as, you know, one team getting in and one team getting out as a result of who wins this game. It is in Vegas, but you like the road team right now, a pick'em spread at BetMGM. What do you like the Bengals? 
Yeah, I'm going with kindred teams in the NFL looking for bounce backs like myself. You know, 0-2 last week. Uh, the Bengals uh, have lost their last two as well. But it comes in the Vegas, I think the Raiders have, have lost their last two as well. But I think this comes down to I just think the Bengals are a better team right now. And they pick them. I'm gonna, going to take the Bengals coming off the bye. I, you know, you look at what the Raiders have had to deal with, the Henry Ruggs situation, with the John Gruden situation. I think we're finally – Seeing that kind of start to crumble, uh, you know, things are starting to crumble a bit. I mean, that that Monday night performance or, or Sunday night performance for uh, mm-hmm. for the Raiders was rough. And I think we're I think it's just kind of getting to the point, a breaking point a little bit. If I'm looking at these two teams, I think the Bengals are the better team right now. They're dealing with less and they're, they're fresher coming off the bye. So when I pick them, you give me the give me the Bengals. This opening at a pick'em makes me like the Bengals. Um, it just the, with the fact that it's in in Vegas, the Raiders don't have to travel at all, right? Uh, home against the Chiefs in Week Ten, they get to stay home. They don't have to travel, and they're still opening as you know pick'em line against the Bengals at home. Tells me that uh, the odds makers are feeling the Bengals coming off the bye as well. It'll be interesting to see what the bang if the Bengals come out with anything new because it's been. It's been a different offense throughout the season. It was not a high-volume passing offense that we were expecting early on in the year. Then that did start to pick up a little bit right around maybe week five or six, and then we saw that regress again over the more recent term for the Bengals. Obviously, the last time we saw them, they were just getting absolutely annihilated by the Browns in a game that was a big one for Cincinnati. And then the Browns go out and get annihilated by the Patriots, and that just sort of speaks to what the AFC is. It's this whole transitive property loop in the (laughs) AFC where it's like you could almost say anyone is better than anyone if we can find, you know, the results that are right. I mean, I bet we could actually piece that together. I'm going to maybe take some time this <laughs> afternoon and find something where it's a perfect loop in the AFC of uh, of everyone beating everyone. But the fact that this is a pick'em spread is something that draws me to the Bengals as well. So I like your pick here, and I do think that ultimately it ends up maybe trending in that direction. As I said, for me, two, two-and-a-half-point favorites are my picks. The other one, Funston, Packers at Vikings, Packers minus two and a half in this game. I keep going back to the well with the Packers, and it's mostly paid off for me this season. One of the best against the spread teams all year. It's really been them and the Cowboys that have been kind of bulletproof against the spread this season. We saw it yesterday against the Seahawks, right? You had a Packers team that didn't fully come back offensively, but I think Aaron Rodgers played a little bit better than the stats suggest he did. No touchdowns, one interception, but eight yards per attempt after having uh, you know a week where he didn't play because of being on the COVID list. It's not a bad comeback game for him. Uh, we saw Aaron Jones go down with the injury, but A.J. Dillon can be someone who steps into that role. And more importantly, Green Bay defense has looked really, really good over the last few weeks. And I think a lot of us were expecting some regression for this team without Jair Alexander, especially against the pass. And it just hasn't been there. This has been a really good defense for now the balance of the season. And so this is something you'd like to say on our fantasy show a a lot, right? When we get to this point of the season, you sort of are what you are. You are what your stats say you are. And the Packers defense stats say it's a pretty damn good defense. And so even though I like the Vikings a lot, I like what the Vikings do offensively. I think the Packers can keep them in check enough to the point that the better team ultimately wins out. And again, this comes down to, for me, wanting to get in on the Packers while I can with this less than a field goal. The moment this goes to three or three and a half, I'm probably not interested, Funston. I'm probably looking to the total instead if I'm going to play this game. But as long as I can get the Packers at less than three, I feel pretty good about getting that. Yeah, I think this is actually going to be a close game. I, I don't I don't 
think your your pick mm-hmm. is crazy. I, I think I can see the Packers winning by three, but I think that's it's what it's going to come down to. And if you look at you, you mentioned that Green Bay has been a lot better on defense. They're going to have to shut down Dalvin Cook because I think Minnesota is going to try very hard mm-hmm. to make that be what the game is all about. Um, and then Green Bay without Aaron Jones, you like AJ Dillon, but Aaron Jones makes some great plays in the passing game, and that's taken away. So now you're really with no Robert Tunyon, you don't really have a, a established number two. So I think weirdly this is going to be probably AJ Dillon versus Dalvin Cook, you know, and who does a better mm-hmm. job of of limiting that? And of course, I would rather I would rather bet on Aaron Rodgers making a big play than than Kirk Cousins. Nothing against Kirk Cousins has been very good, but yeah, I think this will be a, you know this is probably going to be something where I'd be interested in the under on the on the overall game score but I can see the Packers pulling out a three-point victory here 49 and a half is the total on this one right now over at BetMGM which feels fair that's why I said if it, if it crosses the three then I probably look to the total and it doesn't mean I'm gonna bet the total but it was it's where I would get interested because I like two good teams one one I think very good team one team in Minnesota that I think is better than their record suggests they are just because of yeah. how bankable they are offensively like they do what they do very well most every week on offense and so I like that about this Minnesota team but this is all about getting the better team at less than a field goal I really don't care about the location of the game on this one one more pick this one coming from you we've got the Eagles coming off an impressive victory against the Broncos in week 10 the Saints meanwhile two straight losses that pushed them back into that group in the NFC with teams like Minnesota like Carolina Saints one and a half point dogs in Philadelphia you are riding that road dog let's hear why yeah, I, I you know I you look at the Saints. They've lost two in a row, but they're by two points. Before that, they beat they beat Tampa. They need to get back into this. You know, they go into Philadelphia. Philadelphia's zero and four at home, and, and so it's just a win loss record. So it's not like a slam dunk, huge home field advantage for the Eagles. But I think what worries me is the Eagles' new identity is running the football. They ran the ball forty times this last week. The Saints give up 2.8 yards per carry to the running back position. No one runs against the Saints. So what do you have to do to win this game? You have to, I think you have to end up trusting in Jalen Hurts in the passing game to get it done. And, you know, that's where I get a little bit concerned about the Eagles in general. So I, I like the way this, you know, this, the Saints defense is legit. I think offensively they can do enough uh, to get, you know, they're, they're they're the dog, so I mean I actually think I'm, they're they're a pretty decent pick because this is a straight money line pick. Um, yeah, but I'll t- I'll take the point, you know, uh, as mm-hmm. well. So um, give me the Saints to get back into things here, get off the Schneid after losing two in a row, two very close games. Let me devil's advocate this for a second, and it really is devil's advocate. This is a pretty easy stay away from me, but you said that the Saints allow 2.8 yards per carry to the running back position. We know that part of the Eagles' success running the ball is Jalen Hurts. That doesn't scare you off it at all? Yeah, but you know what? Jalen Hurts, you know, in the in, in the in the kind of offense I imagine they're gonna have to play, that was a shaky deal for the Eagles offense in general. You can mm-hmm. you can give up plays to Jalen Hurts in the running game, but it means he's dropping back to pass, which is what I think you want. You know, yeah. you, you get you get Jalen Hurts to throw higher volume, you're gonna get mistakes along the way. He's still at that point in his career. Although I will say he's looking better, but a lot of that has to do with this change in the offense and team starting to you know kind of expect the run and then you play off of that but if you know you can shut down the run I would rather give up 50 60 yards to Jalen Hurts on the ground if I know that means he's going to throw the ball more 
Saints and Eagles plus one and a half here. Funston, your second pick of the show for best on the board as we look ahead to week 11 lines. That's going to wrap up the NFL segment here, the NFL portion of this episode of best on the board. Funston, good luck, man. I'll be talking to you soon. Make it up to Schneid. All right, let's flip things over to the NBA side of the equation. Tass Mellis joining me now. Tass, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Michael. Coming off a 2-0 and week, yes. feeling good. Yes, not a 2-0 and week for you, a 2-0 and week for me. Me and Funston were just right. crying about how we did in the NFL last week on this show. But hey, 4-0 and on the NBA side of things, so that definitely a good feeling. You're up at 4-2 and on the season for your picks. I am at 2-2. Two and two. We've got a couple of picks here for you today. You've got two. I've got one. You're taking a, a trip on the road. Both teams you're back in on the road today. Let's start out with Celtics and Cavs. Celtics two and a half point favorites in Cleveland on BetMGM. Let's hear why you like the Celtics in this one. Well, the two-game baseball series are back this year, and this is the second half uh, of the the old uh, two-gamer for the Celts and the Cavs. Now, the Cavs were able to win game one. They came back from 19 points down on Saturday night. In the third quarter, it was a desperation fourth quarter, and the Celtics don't play with desperation this year, so I'm a little reluctant to back them here. But with the Cleveland Cavaliers, even though they are my second favorite team this season, they are desperate for scoring in the backcourt. Ricky Rubio has been struggling since he had his career high in Madison Square Garden. And they are missing uh, uh, Colin Sexton in their backcourt. He is out for a month, and it, they seem to be struggling there through three quarters, and somehow they turned around in the fourth. But I go back to my old thought process that these two-game baseball series are usually splits, and I think the Celtics match up pretty well against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And their effort level isn't there each and every night, but after a loss, I do expect it to come back. I do expect Robert Williams to play Jared Allen pretty well. I do expect Jason Tatum to have a far better night than he had on Saturday night, shooting 8 of 22. You might say the same for the Cleveland Cavaliers, who didn't have a great shooting night. Uh, But I think the Celtics match up well, and I think they do win this game. In Cleveland. Yeah, maybe a little bit more bankability on Boston's side when you're looking for a bounce back shooting the ball with what they've got to offer rather than what Cleveland's got here. So we can lock that in. Celtics minus two and a half at the Cavs. I'm going to go to a total for my one play. Bulls and Lakers getting together in LA. 216 and a half is the total on this one at BetMGM. I'm going to say this one goes under Tass, and I'm really just playing the fact that these two teams have been playing quite a bit of late. The Bulls coming off a win against the Clippers in L.A. last night. This is their third and fourth in a back-to-back. It's the Lakers' third in four games and also coming off a back-to-back. I just worry about the legs being under these teams fully to get to the 217. That would cause me to lose this one. That's really the, the point here for me is the fact that these teams have been playing so much. Then you add in the fact that the Bulls have been a very strong perimeter defense team on the season. I think you put those two things together and you can get something along the lines of what we saw from the Bulls last night, a 190 victory over the Clippers. I think this game is more something in the low, high 190s, low 200s rather than pushing up against 216 and a half. So that's why I like this one to go under no strong feel for the line in this one, which uh, as my last check was Bulls minus one and a half against the Lakers here. But I do think that with the the, uh, activity that both of these teams have had of late, it's something that stays under that number. Let me play devil's advocate for you like you did with Funston there. Uh, I I do worry about Anthony Davis going off against this Bulls front line. Mm -hmm. 
without Vucevic, who is out for an extended period of time. And the Lakers showing that they're willing to send DeAndre Jordan, their center, to the bench in their last game against the San Antonio Spurs and put Anthony Davis at the five where he is weaponized, where no one in the NBA can stop him. So that's a bit of a worry. But on the other side, the Bulls starting Alex Caruso now because of the Vucevic injury. And so they're willing to put their best defense forward to start a game. Now, you're right, three games and four nights for the Bulls. Uh, Caruso played 39 minutes yesterday. They really went all out. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say that the the tired legs can uh, can hurt the offense for sure. They can also hurt the defense. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, so it's it's a good. I, I, I do think the the Lakers shooting will be down though, um, just just because AD did play a lot of minutes. So I, I'm with you. I would go under if I had to go uh, with one. And, and the Bulls defense, it's going to be relentless. Alex Caruso playing his old team for yeah, the first time. Yeah, revenge game. Ball. <laughs> yeah, a little bit for sure. Uh, Lonzo Ball as well, uh, playing his old team. You know, two teams ago. Uh-huh. But I, I think that backcourt will be ready to. To have a good defensive game, yeah, I, I'm with you on the Anthony Davis point. Uh, you know, it's, that's going to be a challenge for the Bulls until Vucevic is back. I mean, it's going to be something that we talk about a lot with this team. How do they stand up to any strong interior scoring? It's going to be something that really challenges Billy Donovan. Going to be something that challenges this team's rotations. But uh, again, I'm just playing the rest game, and that the fact that I will make the bet that it hurts the offenses more than it hurts the defense is the fact that both of these teams are on the second night of a back-to-back and three in a four. One more pick for the show. Task Pelicans and Wizards. Pels, four and a half point dogs in DC. Let's hear the case for the Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans are two and twelve. The Washington Wizards are nine and three. And so this seems like an easy play for the Washington Wizards, but I think the Pelicans have a couple things going for them. First of all, you know, their two and twelve record has been without Zion Williamson mm-hmm. entirely and without Brandon Ingram for the most part. But he came back on Saturday night. He had a really good game, and that's why the Pelicans got their second win of the season. So four and a half points is, is a, a nice little buffer for me because the Pelicans have gone into fourth quarters with the lead, even midway through the fourth quarter. They have been leading games only to be blown out at the end of it. But with Brandon Ingram on their side, who didn't even have an incredible game for him on Saturday night, I think he'll only get better. They can close out games. And uh, the Washington Wizards on the other side don't have their best player. Bradley Beal out for personal reasons tonight. Now they can get by because they are, to me, uh, a little bit, uh, you know, like the Pelicans without their stars. They are just very solid, and I know that the Pelicans haven't been playing solid. I still do believe in this roster to some degree. Uh, the Wizards are, are playing extremely well, you know, with their supporting cast, with their you know, their, their recycled Lakers players that they got <laughs> for the Russell Westbrook trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think the four-and-a-half points is... Um, it's it's uh, maybe me playing on this 2-0 uh, run I had last <laughs> week uh, a little bit, uh, but I don't think the uh, the Wiz should uh, be only 4.5-point favorites. The Wiz should be larger favorites uh, in, in this game, and uh, I know I'm reading into the lines again, but I, I think the Pels can keep it close, and mm. uh, the record says they won't because they're 2-12, and 12, but I think they are better than that. As I think the point you made about the fact that, you know, Brandon Ingram obviously changes everything for this team, changes everything in the first quarter, changes everything, most importantly, in the fourth there with having a closer, having a guy who you can go give the ball to and get him get a bucket. So no uh, Brandon Bradley Beal on one side, yes, Brandon Ingram on the other side. Four and a half feels like a fair number. I don't think it's a crazy number, but also the side that I would come down on if I were going to make a play in this game. So uh, something to keep an eye on as we all right. get all through. 3-0, tonight, right? here we Three go, Michael, here we go. Let's keep it rolling. 4-0 last week, 3-0 this week, 7-0 for two weeks, and then I feel like 
I, I, the athletic has to let us retire then at that point if that ends up being <laughs> the case. That's just that's how this works. That's at least how it should yeah. work, I think. But uh, something that we'll be watching, of course, all night tonight. Thank you for being with us on this episode of Best on the Board. For Tass Mellis, Brandon Funston, I am Michael Beller. We are back with you on Thursday taking a look at Week 12 of the college football season. Until then, thanks for joining with us. And as always, happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.